Broadcasting from mondays.plop.com, it's Mondays with your host, Carl Franklin. This is Jeff Maciolik here in the studio with Carl, Richard Campbell, Karen Greenwald, and Mark Miller announcing show number 30. No more girlfriend, now I can f*** with my computers more. Mondays is produced by Plop Productions, providing professional audio and podcasting services online at www.pwop.com And now, the man who taught Igor Schmeckel how to write code, Carl Franklin. Thank you, thank you very much. Thank you, welcome to another stellar episode of the other show that isn't .NET Rocks. It's Mondays, and I'm here on the East Coast with Karen. She's here. Hi, Karen. Hi, Carl. And Mark Miller out in Hollywood. Greetings. Yes, and Richard Campbell in Vancouver, British Columbia. Hey, man. And then from up north in upstate New York, Jeff Maciolik, the sound guy, the frickin' sound guy. Yes, yes, that's me, the frickin' sound guy. Frickin Not just the normal sound, sound guy. guy, I'm the frickin' sound guy. Don't no get us confused. ordinary sound guy. Do we have an yeah. ordinary sound guy? Because that might be... <laughs> might be a good thing. Yeah, you know, a useful backup. No, that's that's what that's the whole thing about you know about Mondays. That's what gives it character. And yeah. it's not you. It's not Mark. It's not dumber than me. It's not girl. It's not the weekend geek. No, it's the freaking sound guy. It's the freaking sound guy. The sound guy, you know, infuses the entire show with his freaking. You know, <laughs> I just I just wish you'd do more of that Star Star Trek fight theme music. You know. I think that we need more of that in the show. Yeah, I'll get right on that. <laughs> you certainly sounds a lot more chipper than last week, Jeff. You sound a lot better. A lot less frickin'. Which is which is funny <laughs> because between then and now, I actually ended up breaking up with my girlfriend. No. Oh, oh my God. And now you're yeah. uplifted in spirit. No, I'm. You know, like it. it, it like I guess the the no. like the only reason that would make me better. You know, like all of that like worry and anxiety about like oh you know gee what's gonna happen. It's all gone. Well, that's good. She changed teams, didn't she? No. Not yet. She'll come in six months and say that. So that's good news for any any girls out there who are thinking about maybe becoming a lesbian. <laughs> Jeff is now available so and can turn you into one. We actually yes. have a guest in the studio, and I just want to tell her that the, the, the history here is that Jeff has two-thirds of his ex-girlfriends have turned lesbians. Is yeah. it two-thirds? That's one-third. One-third. Yeah. All right, it's about to become two thirds. Yeah, we're close to two thirds. <laughs> Another third's like bi or something now, right? I, yeah. And I just have to relate that the guest in our studio is so frightened looking at the moment. She <laughs> is like scared what have beyond I walked into? belief. <laughs> what did I step into? Oh, yeah. Well, Jeff, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, you know, it's okay. It happens. So, like, what's the deal with the guest, Karen? Was she, is she, is she like a friend? She's like, you know, Karen, you said we were going to go to the Natural History Museum. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is this? <laughs> Call this culture? No, no, no. She's a friend of Carl's, actually. She had no idea, I think, what to expect. Oh, okay. She's an innocent bystander who got she sucked got in. got sucked in to the So is this all going to be edited out, Carl, in case your wife listens to the show? <laughs> <laughs> so, Mark, how have you been? Um, I'm okay, man. I just, you know, I'm pretty good. It's just, I, I have a message to the fucking stalkers out there who are trying to fucking stalk me. What is that? Which is, uh, I'm in, uh, I'm in Idaho, man. <laughs> <laughs> good to know. I'll be writing that down. 
I'm uh, waiting for you over here in Idaho. Come Idaho. and get me. This is the guy with the gold paint on his face, right? He's the guy looking for you now? <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> he did say something about he was going to get me right after he finished taking care of Krylon. I have no idea what that <laughs> meant. I thought it was some kind of, you know, what's a, what are those guys on Star Trek with the ugly faces, man, that talk that funny talk? Uh, Klingons? Yeah, I thought it was some kind of Klingon speak he was saying to me. Oh, you know, like, I don't know why the thought of sniffing paint made me realize this, but I just realized why I am actually happy. It has nothing to do with my girlfriend. It has nothing to do with anything other than the fact I now have an internet connection up here and I've got really wicked fast upstream. That's what it is, man. It's good. Ah, there you go. He's home. Finally home. That is so better than a girlfriend. Yes. You're so cool. <laughs> my internet connection makes me happier than my girlfriend. <laughs> You know what? Screw this relationship thing. I just need, like, synchronous DSL at, like, 10 megabits. <laughs> You're a smooth talker. As long as you keep that porn moving, you don't need nothing else. Yep. Richard, how are you, man? I know you got some a lack of spam in the oven or something. What do you, what do you have? A, a rack of lamb? <laughs> yes, I'm doing a uh, North African-style lamb in a high-temperature oven tonight. Wow. Apparently, Richard's famous for ribs. Which I find repulsive. (laughs) You're the only one among us, I think. Yeah, you're the only one. I'm pretty good at chicken, too. You know, I I was a vegetarian for six years simply because one day I looked at ribs on the plate and, like, felt them on my body and thought, blah, that's so, so disgusting. Yeah, I was going to say, if you find ribs repulsive, like, that must be really awkward when you try to hug people, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I'm... It got you there. I'm not going to touch your ribs because I eat those. That's gross to touch your ribs. What else has been <laughs> happening up in Vancouver, man? Oh, well, we finally had a break in continuous sun. My dogs cut down on chewing everything in sight. Good oh, news. And, uh, you know, if it wasn't for barbecue, I don't know what I'd be doing these days. <laughs> I think I'd shoot myself if all those things happened. <laughs> Hey, uh, can you send me one of those uh, ribs, and I'm going to bring it over to uh, Karen and Troy for dinner yeah. tomorrow? I, I'm doing up some racks this weekend. I'll bring them out. All right, cool. I'm actually on my... I'm not going to be there for dinner, because I'm Aww. on my... I'm going alone camping. Hey, if you go to Vermont, you can see my ex-girlfriend. I'm going to Vermont. <laughs> We're in. <laughs> uh, lesbian time. You have any intention of turning gay, Karen? Well, she has to include my husband in the proceedings, or it's a no-go, because he's tagging along, but... But uh, yeah, five days of like no kids or, or wow. anything. So which, wow, you're leaving the kids behind, huh? I'm leaving the kids cool. behind. My husband's gonna like, bring a bottle of something. Isn't that a little a bot a bag a bottle whatever <laughs> whatever you know carton of something a carton. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's inti- absolutely going to be built in a jug of something. Well, my husband, yeah. I have like. On the front seat of my car, like 10 books that I'm bringing along to read. And so my husband disappointedly glances in the car and he's like, is this a reading vacation? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what did you think we would do all alone out in the woods? Yeah. I had to bring 10 <laughs> books for five days. <laughs> <laughs> what are you planning on doing? So I figured you'd be mowing the lawn outside or something while we did that. That's uh, our tent. Cooking ribs. Um, all right. So are we ready for girl? We're ready for girl, but first, yeah. I just wanted to say that I looked up on on Mondays.prop.com last week's Astroglide show. Yeah. And it's a little <laughs> bit 
you're making me out to be kind of an angry drunk. <laughs> we're, making we're doing that. What? Because she's really a happy drunk. I am we're, such we're a happy doing drunk. This? It's not even funny. No, I'm like, oh man, I can't believe. I feel like such, you know, an angry, angry drunk. And and we did this to you. You did yeah, this to me. Yeah, it wasn't the stuff that you said. I'm really not drunk that much. No, I but mean- but it was two shows in a row. So we said Karen showed up drunk again. <laughs> <laughs> she's angry about something again something like that so i'm like fine she's you know what pissed and she's pissed right oh she's pissed about well pissed you know pissed is, is british for being a little tipsy well so you're just reiterating the fact that i'm drunk i'm a drunk drunk there you go i'm not a drunk i am not a drunk we know you're not so i figured i would talk about instead of things that make me angry before i did girl i wanted to talk about things that make me happy which are Sweet scented bubble baths with a hundred candles and an ocean oh, no. breeze on a silent morning walk. And Did you hear Julie Andrews in, sing this? Reading in bed with my whole family and long foot massages with almond scented oil. This is the nightmare that women are right Gambling here. through the woods with a big old dog. So there it goes. <laughs> How funny is that? Let's talk about things that make me happy every week. That's, that's good entertainment. Oh yeah, that's funny. Okay, you made your point. <laughs> yeah, that makes good radio. Okay. Time for girl, 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 girl. What is up this week, Karen? Well, this week, I want to talk about an art form of human behavior that I find highly underrated and definitely worth mastering. It's the art of faking it. Uh Uh It is not. Just for the bedroom anymore. It has a place in practically every interaction you can think of, from listening to your family members to mastering new skills. A little contrived confidence can go a long way. I can't tell you how many opportunities have opened up for me because I'm not afraid to fake it. Karen, can you design a room in my home? Absolutely. Karen, are you qualified to be a life coach? Am I qualified to be a life coach? (laughs) (laughs) Karen, can you teach statistics? Show me the blackboard. And and you might say, Karen, isn't that lying? And I said, you know, there's no reason that you can't do anything you want. As long as somebody has written a book on it, you can figure out how to do it. And if no one's written a book on it, it. You can do it however you want and no one's there to say it's wrong. <laughs> fake it, fake it, fake it. There is a little thing I did in acting which has, is frighteningly applicable in everyday living. On stage, I would distill every emotion that I had for the character I was talking to into one line and then let that run, line run through my head and shoot out my eyes. So I would think like, I fucking hate you, you worthless whore. Or, <laughs> I am way out of your league, not even for a pity fuck. Or... I have a little God secret. damn it, there we go what again. What kind of movies did you act in? <laughs> Jesus. I have a little secret. I can lock my ankles behind my head. And whenever I did this <laughs> mantra game, that's Wait, wait, what... wait, 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 wait. Did I... I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah? We were talking Mark about acting. <laughs> and yeah. I was with you up to the point where I can lock my ankles behind my head. <laughs> no, no, no. You're just thinking, I have a little secret. I can oh, lock okay. my ankles behind my head. Uh, okay. And whenever I did this little mantra game, this is what came across. And you can imagine the usefulness of this in real life. So you can go through your whole day thinking things like, you know, you love me and you want to give me free stuff. Or I'm the best friend you've ever had. Or I have a little secret. And you can fill in whatever blank you want there. (laughs) And you might be saying to yourself, but Karen, 
Isn't that superficial? Shouldn't I just be myself? And the answer to that is, and I don't think I can stress this enough, boys, no. (laughs) Do not be yourself. (laughs) Whatever you do. Unless you are incredibly cool and charming. But if you're not, then fake it, damn it. There is no honor in being genuine if you're a genuine asshole. (laughs) (laughs) The world would be... (laughs) (laughs) This is good advice. I I don't think this is funny at all. This just makes me cry. (laughs) Striking a nerve with you, Mark, is it? (laughs) She gets me every time, man. It's like I, it's like my therapist is like is like, hey, I can have more kids now. Put them through college, thanks to you, Mark. I'm like, <laughs> thank Karen. Look, the world would be a much smoother place if everyone would just pretend to be sweet, edit your thoughts, and when your woman says something like, "Does this dress make me look fat?" Don't look at her and say, "Don't blame the dress." <laughs> look at her and say, "That dress makes you look like every fantasy I've ever had rolled into one lime green package." Thank you. One fat ass lime green package. Sorry, go ahead. If you act like you're cool and happy, then you'll find that all of a sudden you are cool and happy. And faking it totally does apply in bed. And I'm not advocating actually faking the big one and giving credit where absolutely none is due. You stressed that none with with some mantra that was going on in your head. What was it? I can't. I don't reveal. A girl doesn't reveal her mantras. (laughs) Look, all all I'm saying is that you start talking and making noise like this is the best sex that you've ever had. And all of a sudden, whoever you're with starts to feel sexy and boom, it is the best sex you've ever had. It's really quite simple. You fake it, you make it. Yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) That was actually my next line. No, it wasn't. Oh, oh, stolen. It's all good. Decide what you want to be and fake it until you get there. Fake niceness, fake stimulation, fake generosity, fake interest, fake competence, fake enjoyment. Fake it because you never know what can happen if it comes up and what doors will open. Like, um, Karen, do you know what podcasting is? Of course I do. Well, could you be be the girl counterpart to a bunch of computer geek guys in a junior high flavor comedy show? Absolutely. (laughs) And that's it. And that was Karen keeping it real for girl. I don't get it. What was that last part about the, like, a show? Every time she speaks, I've got my finger nervously hovering over the auto dial to my therapist. (laughs) (laughs) Just ready to click, man. Hit it and disconnect from the show, man. Uh, yeah, you see, like, Mark, you got to do what I do. You just got to have a dedicated second phone line for that. And a happy pill. (laughs) Oh, God, she's f***ing talking again. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that is so frighteningly like what my husband says, actually. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Karen. I know you got to take off, so we'll say goodbye. And All right. You have a nice time wherever it is you're going uh, drinking or whatever you're going to do. Camping. Camping, drinking, camping. Outdoor living, hiking, fishing, you know. Angry camping. <laughs> angry, drunk camping. <laughs> drunk and angry camping. All right. Bye. All right, and a little bit out of order this week, but let's keep on going with a little segment we call The Week in Geek. And this, of course, is where I, Carl Franklin, scan the news for geeky and science uh, stories and just add a little spin to them, because, because why not? That's what we do. Story number one, TiVo, more popular than crystal meth. No way, Carl, your sources are all screwed up. <laughs> TiVo will soon allow customers to download TV shows to their set-top boxes via the internet, 
even before the shows air on TV. TiVo CEO Mike Ramsey told reporters last Wednesday, quote, We are hopeful, no, we are absolutely confident that the content providers of the world will hand over their shows so that we can stream them for free to our audience, a savvy demographic who has no patience, skips over commercials, and shares digital files with their friends and family. The big three networks would be crazy not to let us steal their content. Uh, huh. <laughs> he said that, huh? Yeah, end quote. Yeah. So wait, are you sure the Frank. TiVo thing and the crystal meth thing aren't actually related? They so may be. could explain the erratic be. behavior. I don't know. Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead, Carl. Story number two. Uh, never mind. AFP reports that Google is putting efforts to scan the world's literary works on hold. U.S. search Goliath Google has put on hold its internationally criticized plan to amass an online library of the world's books, the company website indicated. The posted announcement by Google's print product manager Adam Smith was apparently intended to take the Silicon Valley company out of the crosshairs of publishers who opened fire on the company after it launched the project. The turnaround came when USA Today asked a Google spokesperson about the copyright infringement issues they'd have to deal with to create such a library of worldwide works. Here's a recording of Google's response to this question. Um, can you repeat the part of this stuff where you said all about the uh, things? <laughs> that was Google, huh? Yeah. Wow. Their, uh, their speech synthesis stuff is really good. They're getting pretty good at that. Ah, uh, story number three. Or is this four? I don't know. Story number three. Make it stop, please. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> this is what I do. Intel set to unveil next-gen processors. Intel is set to announce a broad shift from the classic Pentium architecture to more power-efficient chips originally designed for mobile computing requirements. Reducing heat while increasing processing power are key elements in what Intel CEO Paul Ottolini calls the company's next-generation architecture. Odellini says that Intel has harnessed a powerful new force to literally suck all the hot air out of the processor and blow it back across the surface of the chip with a velocity never before matched in the history of computing. We have a picture of this incredible hot air vortex technology at shrinkster.com slash 7CV. <laughs> there it is. There's the hot air vortex technology <laughs> at work. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, That's thank you. Good. At least we're reusing our natural resources. Natural resources. Unbelievable. Nat natural or national resources. <laughs> Both, actually. Hold on a second. Cheney looks like he's talking about a date he had with, like, Dolly Parton or something. Oh, jeez. <laughs> First you turn to the right. And then I had it right where I wanted. <laughs> All right. Finally, story number four. NASA does the zero bug bounce. Times Online is reporting that two days after the fraught return to Earth of the space shuttle Discovery... NASA has been forced to delay the launch of a spacecraft designed to gather unprecedented amounts of information about Mars. With just minutes to go before the scheduled launch of the Mars Reconnaissance Orbiter today for a mission due to last at least four years, 
A NASA official said, quote, we have scrubbed for at least 24 hours, end quote. The mission was postponed after a glitch appeared in the computer software used for monitoring the fueling of the rocket used for liftoff from Cape Canaveral. NASA had already postponed the launch by a day because of a potential problem with a part of the flight control system. Monday's correspondent Mark Miller spoke with one of the world's top freelance scientists currently, uh, uh, currently at NASA. Professor Igor Schmeckel. So, uh, Professor Schmeckel, I think this comes as a surprise to all of us here at Mondays. Is it true that you're an expert in the field of programming computers? Uh, why, uh, yes, my good man. Uh, writing software is, shall we say, a hobby of mine, into which I do a bit of dabbling. Uh, in fact, back in my San Jose laboratory, I collaborated with the well-known Professor Babbage. Gee whiz, Mr. Schminkel shoo ha 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 You worked with Charles Babbage, the father of all computing, the inventor of the analytical engine? I uh, know you, idiot. What, do I sound to you like a hexagenarian? Uh, hexagenarian... Hexagenarian! That's octogenarian <laughs> times two! Do I sound like I'm 160 years old? Charles Babbage passed away in 1871. No, this was Leroy Babbage. Uh, no relation that I'm aware of, actually, although I believe I can find a sample in the clean room, uh, and we could compare that with the Charles Babbage vial, which, quite coincidentally, my office happens to have on loan, courtesy of the dodgy old scientist sperm bank, uh, <laughs> located in West London. Uh, um, anyway, uh, Leroy and I pioneered advanced data exchange techniques in our object-oriented design, which paved the way to what your generation refers to as uh, um, USB 2.0. Wow. Zowie, Mr. Scooby-Dooby. That's amazing. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, my good man. Uh, the name is Professor Schmeckel. Uh, please work to get that right. Uh, oh, yes, of course. My mistake. Yeah. I, I have it written down right here. It looks like I just mispronounced it. Don't worry, our sound guy will cut that out of the show. That'd be fine, uh, yes. So, can you tell us what's stalling NASA's latest mission to Mars? Okay, well, aside from substandard design and inattention to detail, and the user interface that was clearly beaten with an ugly stink, twice, <laughs> I can assure you that before yours truly arrived on the scene, uh, this software was in sad shape indeed. My boy, I tell you, I've already found 27 bugs uh, that if left unchecked would lead to erratic booster firing, which had a 97 and 34 one-hundredths of a percent chance of causing the rocket to burst into an enormous fireball. <laughs> wow, Mr. Chimichanga. NASA must sure be oh so happy that you're there to save the day. Yes. Well, anyway, I'm on the hunt for an elusive bug. Uh, the alleged software architects who were here at NASA before me managed to construct a mountain of fossilized dinosaur excrement which they were apparently confusing with real software. And it's painfully obvious that this copper-like code was written by a gaggle of dendrite-deficient Nasalis lavatis on benzomethyl acognine. 
synaptically challenged Nassar love is on benzomethyl echo. Retarded monkeys on crack! Which doesn't add up, because I happen to know that NASA shut down their RMOC program back in 1989. And at that time, I was working at an off-site lab at Los Alamitos, causing quite a stir in the scientific community, due in no small part to a little experiment I ran at the time, which conclusively verified my controversial 12th dimension twine theory. Uh, unfortunately, the experiment erupted into an enormous fireball, <laughs> giving me mutant powers and creating what is now known as Los Alamitos Crater. Jumping gonazoids, Mr. Speckensy Deutsch. I had no idea. Ahem, uh, yes. Uh, you have my name written down there, don't you, boy? Well, yes, sir. And what do you have written down there? Um, Professor Igor J. Schmeckel. Right. 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 Anyway, the upside to this program is that the monkeys do indeed write a lot of code, uh, but unfortunately... Very little of it actually ever compiles. <laughs> Complicating matters further, around this time, the alleged scientists in charge discovered that not only was crack cocaine illegal in many states, but also more expensive than a superheated linear collider shipped overnight in the original bubble wrap arriving with 9 a.m. delivery, if you know what I mean, my boy. Sure. Right. So NASA shut the whole thing down and turned to outsourcing, uh, which, as you know, produces slightly better results. Wow, Mr. Shake and Bake, you're so smart. <laughs> yes, uh, well, thank you. And, and God damn it, the name is Schneckel! Oh, I'm sorry, did I pronounce that incorrectly again? Yes! You know, I'm sorry, I, I really have to apologize. This has to be my accent. I'll try hard to make sure that doesn't happen again. I would appreciate that, young man. <laughs> so uh, maybe you could tell the Mondays listeners what you're doing right now at this moment. Well, uh, right now I'm stepping through the code, uh, analyzing these uh, malodorous structures uh, with a well-disciplined and razor-sharp mind uh, tuned to a frequency that unfortunately few will ever... Oh, my God! What is it? <laughs> My, my well-honed powers of scientific observation uh, have noticed that we're passing an excessively large number of parameters from the Lort subsystem out to a, what looks like a fuel management routine, which happens to be called enormous fireball starter. <laughs> For the love of peace, why do we have routines with names like this? God damn it, come over here. Look at this friggin' code. Jesus Christ. Did your mother ever teach you how to program? You freaking moron. You call yourself engineers? What the hell are these things stuck up on the whiteboard? Arrow cards. Where did you get your powder puff degree, MIT? Hey, what are you using there, mister? A crystal ball? Okay, Mr. Schmeckle. Like old ding-dong. We'll let you return to your debugging.
Carl, back to you. Oh, and that is oh, the weekend geek for this week. You know, I gotta say, he sounded really disappointed when he when he was talking about all of the code that those crack monkeys wrote that didn't <laughs> compile. <laughs> just. It almost worked, man. That idea just almost worked. You know, if they had been writing that code in VB instead of C sharp, it would have compiled. <laughs> I'm almost slightly offended by that. <laughs> if it wasn't so funny, I'd come over there and kick your ass. No, 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 no. It's all right, man. There's nothing. There's nothing wrong with VB. <sighs> yeah, of course not. So, so uh, there's, no, 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 there's anything wrong with that. I mean, I, I'm not a VB programmer. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a VB programmer. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Yeah, that's oh, no. <laughs> All right. Well, now Sorry. I want to hear about them people that are dumber than me, Mark. You got some people dumber than me, dumber than you, people in the news that are making the news because of their extraordinary cranial disproportionations. Does that make any sense? No. No. Over to you, Mark. <laughs> Thank you very much, Carl. I got uh, two stories for you. Uh, story number one. He was a 32-year-old bricklayer, and he says he never wants to see a gorse bush again. <laughs> what? <laughs> what the I don't know what the fuck I said either. <laughs> Makes well, more sense than disproportionations. Let's keep going, though, and maybe we'll figure it out, folks. Dean Bowen, a father of one from Primrose Valley, says he's a lucky man. And boy, Carl, you know the story's going to be good when you got someone claiming early on to be a lucky man. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Bowen's ordeal began Sunday morning after he, quote, lost a bit of money on the slot machines at Primrose Valley. According to various reports, Mr. Bowen had wisely spent his free time prior to losing money imbibing large quantities of, quote, various substances. <laughs> that leaves it wide open, doesn't it? Yeah. Out of cash and with the substances flowing freely through his system, Mr. Bowen decided it was time to walk it off. And walk it off he did, Carl. Walk it off he did. In Mr. Bowen's own words, quote, I just wanted to go for a walk because obviously I was very unhappy. I spotted some undergrowth. I thought it looked a bit jungly. Mr. <laughs> Bowen walked right up to the edge of a 500-meter-wide patch of thick gorse bushes. Now, kids, if you don't know what a gorse bush is, let me tell you. It's a bunch of gnarly, pointy, thick, and thorny plant matter from hell. According to Mr. Bowen, quote, When I was a kid, there used to be a track in an area for BMXs, and I was going there thinking it was still there. I could see a fence, and before I knew it, I was stuck in the gorse. <laughs> <laughs> Truer words? Never spoken, I, Carl. Now I'm really wondering what those substances were. Because Mr. Bowen was indeed stuck in the bush. However, instead of turning right around and exiting from whence he came, Mr. Bowen continued his thorny journey, traveling approximately 250 meters, stopping smack dab in the center of the patch. <laughs> Immobilized by the thick and thorny patch, this is where Mr. Bowen came to a stop. <laughs> so Mr. Bowen managed to climb a flimsy tree, and he tried to sleep, but he, but he was unable to, because it was swaying about, and every time the branch swayed, he became more cut and scratched. Now, kids, <laughs> let's spin the earth forward in time by almost two full rotations. No. And let's see where Mr. Bowen is. Hmm, let's see. The time is now 4 a.m. in the... 
Uh, looking around, and surprise! He's still got his ass stuck in the bush. <laughs> <laughs> Two days! Of course, he's got scratches all over his body and a nasty case of hypothermia setting in. And there's still at least 250 meters of gorsh bush that stands between Mr. Bowen and Freedom. <laughs> Again, let's listen in to what Mr. Bowen has to say now. I then saw this woman coming back to a house, and I thought... If I can hear her, she must be able to hear me. Some extreme amounts of logic going on here. Yeah. <laughs> and so, kids, what did Mr. Bowen do next? Why, he did what any scratched-up guy with hypothermia would do. He reached into his pocket, pulled out a cigarette lighter, and then started to wave it and scream wildly, just like <laughs> you do at concerts. <laughs> Huh. Catherine Donahue, 20, happened to be walking by the area at 4 a.m. and noticed Mr. Bowen's light show. Realizing that there probably wasn't a rock concert going on in the immediate vicinity of that gorse bush, Miss <laughs> Donahue called emergency services. Soon, the Royal Air Force and the Coast Guard show up. Both rescue teams look at the gorse bush and essentially say, F*** that, I'm not going in there. <laughs> they call in the helicopter. Sergeant Colin York from the Royal Air Force said they had no idea how the man had got there. Quote, this is a Royal Air Force guy, I'm quoting now. Quote, he was right in the middle of the gorse, he said. It was like he'd been dropped there by a spaceship. <laughs> what huh. the f***? The British Air Force, they know about spaceships? It's just like, it's no big deal. It's like later on, it's like, oh shit, shouldn't have said spaceship. <laughs> God damn, man. They let that one slip out, eh? According to Miss Donahue, quote, when the Royal Air Force people in the helicopter pulled him out, he had brambles stuck to him. It was like he was wrapped in barbed wire. <laughs> so, Mr. Bowen, let's review, shall we? Let's see. You walk into a thick, pointy, sharp thorn bush, and then let's see what happens next. Oh, I know. In the spirit of shorting long-term space exploration, you try to circumvent the globe and find a wormhole shortcut through the center of hell. <laughs> Next, to get some sleep, you climb up on a flimsy branch that's repeatedly whacking your body into thorny brambles below. Oh, genius! <laughs> Finally, you decide to hang out for two days, hypothermia sets in, and let's see, no survival gear, no way to start a signal fire, no way to burn a path through the denser underbrush, except for maybe a f***ing cigarette lighter in your front pocket! <laughs> your front pocket! <laughs> What the f***, man? Light everything on fire. Get the f*** out of there. So, Mr. Bowen, you, sir, are dumber than me. Yeah. Yes. Hey, by the way, uh, here's what Mr. Bowen actually said. Holidaymakers right. at Primrose Valley Caravan Park in Filey are awoken by an RAF helicopter. Not rescuing someone from the sea, though, but Dean Bowen from a bush. Dean himself says he'd gone to the caravan park to play on the fruit machines and then decided to take a walk on the cliff. So the nightmare, so the nightmare, I wouldn't advise anybody to go into it. You know what I mean? At first it seems fun, but before you know it, you're like stuck. You know what I mean? And whichever way I turn, it seems to be the wrong one that day. And this is where our... What the hell did he just say? 
That was him describing how he got lost in the gorse bush. <laughs> I think some various substances may still be flowing around freely. Yeah. Beautiful. But I think he said, I don't recommend going into the gorse bush. Like, everybody's like, oh, f- we're going to cancel our vacation, man. What are we going to do now? <laughs> we were going to go walk in the gorse bush, man. Get cut up. <laughs> Story number two. Just park that thing anywhere. Jada Coover, 24, of Sioux City, Iowa, was late again and just a little bit stressed out. After all, in the rearview mirror of his recently stolen vehicle, Mr. Coover spotted a government vehicle that seemed to be following him rather closely. Cut now to the nearby Clay County Courthouse, where Circuit Judge Arthur Rush was presiding over a trial of a man who was scheduled to appear on charges of attempting to tamper with anhydrous ammonia, which is one of the ingredients used to make a highly addictive substance, TiVo. Oh, no, wait, that's wrong. Correction, methamphetamine. (laughs) (laughs) Easy to get those confused. Yeah, sorry about that. Hey, kids, let me tell you something about the meth. This stuff will give you a nasty case of nonstop diarrhea, also known by its scientific name as squirty poopies. <laughs> Squirtiest poopiest among us. Reminds me of the time I was in Mexico working on that special case for the government. Oh, man, thank God I was in one of those handicapped stalls with the bars you can grab onto. Jesus. I mean, you, you saw the Charlie. <laughs> Here we go. Sorry, man. Jesus. Oh, man. Thank God. (laughs) I mean, you saw that Charlie and the Chocolate Factory movie, right? Where Wonka Meister had that giant chocolate water fill built so he could, quote, turn the chocolate just right so it's extra fluffy. Extra (laughs) fluffy my ass. I can spot a metaphor from a mile away from the burning mud hose of Chunky Doom, if you know what I mean, Carl. Did I mention that this man was scheduled to appear? That's right, kids. He wasn't there yet. Cut now to an Iowa State Highway Patrolman who believes he's behind a vehicle which was suspected of being involved in a hit-and-run accident from the morning before. The Iowa State Highway Patrolman calls for backup and attempts to get the car to pull over. Back again to Mr. Coover, who's starting to get just a little bit agitated. That guy in the government vehicle was still tailing him, and apparently just decided to invite three more friends, and they must have been in some kind of club, because they're all (laughs) driving the same style of car. And oh, these guys must have been desperate for attention because they were flashing their car lights and blaring their sirens like the apocalypse had arrived. And as you kids know, the apocalypse can be pretty bad news. It's about these four really pissed off polo players who couldn't make the team. And they got really stinky breath and, and spinach caught between their teeth, but nobody says anything because it, it's just too awkward. And, and, and they're all having bad hair days, swearing like angry truck drivers with a nasty case of menstrual cramps. And they got these badass names like, like Petulance and Disease and Famine and Dwayne or Biff or Chip or Jimmy or something. I can't remember that last guy. Anyway... These four hidey tidy prep school death riders, they'll come trotting straight out from the bowels of hell, followed by some kind of satanic pooper scooper demonic worker guy. Because, like, even Satan likes to keep eternal damnation clean and friendly. It's kind of... It's kind of like Disneyland, only with lots of bad people on fire and being tortured with lots of total mind f***s like fruit trees that hides it fruit whenever you reach for it, or long lines with lots of curvy turns that make you think you're almost on the ride, but no, you still got hours to go, or giant rodents with permanent big f***ing smiles on their faces. 
or like bottled water being sold for $4.95 and all you've got is like $4.87. And you think like $4.87 would be enough to buy a small f***ing bottle of water and the goddamn cast member won't give you any slack like, and you've got a mouthful of f***ing cotton candy and you're dying of thirst and they're charging four ninety five for a bottle of f***ing water? Are you kidding me? What, do I look that f***ing stupid to you? Do I? Do I? So like I say, kids, the apocalypse is bad news. And that's just what Mr. Coover saw in his rearview mirror. Lights, lights were flashing, sirens blaring, and nothing but assholes on the road, all taking their sweet-ass time, driving slower than some really slow shit that's just too slow to watch. You know what I'm talking about, Carl? <laughs> barely, barely, man. <laughs> and through it all, Mr. Coover just had this nagging feeling that he had somehow missed an important appointment earlier today. <laughs> oh, boy, I, can I tell you, Carl, it's hard to stay focused in those situations. I mean, that's what you really need, one of those Raspberry planner devices to keep you on track. <laughs> well, apparently, Mr. Coover put one and one and one together, and he got three or maybe two. Or maybe negative infinity. And speaking of which, Carl, what's up with this infinity crap? I mean, like, <laughs> did did you know that you could take infinity and add a hundred to it, and like, you still get infinity? I mean, like, what the f- is up with that? Is there some kind of it's it's gets some kind of ultra absorbent number? I mean, it just sucks things up. And can somebody tell me like where the f- that freaking genius is who thinks he can stick an infinite number of monkeys in a room with an infinite number of typewriters so he can get like, like a complete works of Shakespeare. I mean, you can get that at the library, dude. And I'll tell you what you're going to get with your fucking monkeys. You're going to get an infinite pile of monkey poo. That's what you're going to fucking get. And speaking of monkey poo, that's just the kind of trouble Mr. Coover was in. <laughs> Cops on his tail, court judge Reggie to throw the book on his ass, and not a Krispy Kreme donut shop in sight. God damn it, I hate it when you can't find a Krispy Kreme. The cops who were in hot pursuit followed Mr. Coover off the freeway, onto surface streets, and remarkably, back to the courthouse. Mr. Coover stopped the truck he was driving in the street, backed it into the courthouse, retaining wall, ran through a new entrance he just made, ran, <laughs> ran up three flights of stairs, and then attempted to barricade himself into the first courtroom he found. As Mr. Coover desperately was trying to barricade the doors, directly behind him, no doubt, Circuit Judge Arthur Rush was observing all of this with great interest because Mr. Coover just happened to barricade himself into the same room where he was scheduled to appear. <laughs> You're making this shit up. I'm man. not making this shit up, okay? <laughs> F you for accusing me of that, Carl. <laughs> Clay County Sheriff Andy Howe said, and this is fucking classic, guys, quote, it seemed to just get more and more strange, end quote. <laughs> of course, of course, heavily outnumbered and with a noticeable lack of barricading material on hand, it wasn't long before Mr. Coover was arrested for failure to appear in court, felony eluding, and driving under the influence. <laughs> Mr. Coover, some advice. Number one, hit and run the day before, and you're still driving the car the next day? What are you, an idiot? 
Wait, don't answer yet. <laughs> Number two, leading cops on a high-speed chase back to the court. Brilliant. <laughs> That's the last place they try and look for you. Yeah. Unless, of course, you happen to lead them right back there during a high-speed chase. <laughs> Three, backing up through the courtroom wall. Great idea. Who needs f***ing doors these days? Just pop a hole wherever you like and walk through. <laughs> Four, barricading yourself into a courtroom. Okay, I can see that you're not a long-term goal planner, are you? <laughs> Assuming you were successful in the barricading part, what, oh, what was next on your to-do list? Uh, plead not guilty? <laughs> so, Mr. Coover, you car-stealing, meth-cooking, demolition-driving, rock-room-picking, barricade-maker? You, sir? Uh, dumber than me. Yeah! Yeah! Round of applause for Mark Miller. Woo! Woo! Oh, my freaking God. Awesome. Oh, it was fabulous. Back I to gotta, you, Carl. I got to go bleed myself now. Yeah, you know, I, I was going to start a new bit this week, but I just can't follow that up. I'm going to let Richard go before me. And now it's time for another exciting episode of Adventures of the Anti-Monkey Brigade. When we last left our heroes in the scorching Southeast Asian jungle, they were hot on the trail of a band of menacing monkeys. Kowalski had just discovered their secret camp to the north, and Delta Squad had discovered several pieces of tantalizing evidence, including a curious to-do list and a monkey militia training manual. They were just about to move in on the enemy camp, when a voice came over the radio. Surrounded. I repeat, we are surrounded. It's a trap. Monkeys, somehow, knew we were coming. Perkins, Reganor, Hood, and Williams, they're all dead. Some kind of super monkey. Bullets don't stop them. Cole and me are all that's left. Cole's been hit with a diaper loaded with monkey feces. Oh, he's down! Oh, God, the humanity! Tell the squad there's not much time. I can't save myself, but I may be able to save you. Monkeys! This is important! The monkeys! They're hiding in the... Ah! Oh, my God, Sarge! Monkeys took out Alpha Squad! Super monkeys. First, they discover fire. And now they're dabbling in genetic engineering. That's impossible. How could they take down a special ops with a diaper? Highly toxic poopy. Sarge, Alpha Squad was special ops. Trained to kill? What happened? Quiet, pile. Miller may be right. We're not taking any chances. Men, lay down a perimeter of defense. I want suppressing fire. Here, here, and here. Fire at anything hairy that moves. Good thing Jeff is in here. Oh, shit. Murphy, what's the status? No movement, Sarge. It's all quiet. Yeah. Too quiet. What are you thinking, Sarge? Franklin, break out the current. I'm on it. What do we got, Franklin? Uh, nothing, Sarge. It's all clear. What was Alpha Squad saying about the monkeys? He said the monkeys were hiding. Yeah, but where? Whoa, whoa, whoa. What do you got? Uh, we, we got two incoming bogeys. No, no, wait, four. Five. I need direction and distance, frankly. Wait, uh, lo- looks like seven. Uh, okay, seven bogeys straight ahead, moving towards us. Distance is 30 meters. Hey, Sarge, maybe this would be a good time to discuss the fact that I don't have a weapon. Forget it, Franklin. All right, men, listen up. 
Those aren't friendlies knocking at the back door. Assume your positions and remember your training. Franklin, keep me updated. Oh, there's more. Looks like 15 to maybe 20 bogeys. Distance 20 meters. 20 meters? We should be able to see them at 20 meters. Quiet, pile. Stay focused. Get ready, men. The enemy is on our front porch. Oh, crap. The screen is filled with bogeys, Sarge. I think 30, maybe 40. Closing fast. Distance. 15 meters. 10 meters. 10 meters? I don't see anything moving. Franklin, you sure you're reading that I'm thing telling right? you, man, we're fucking surrounded and heavily outnumbered. Five meters. Five meters? Franklin, that's impossible. That tree is five meters away. Goddamn high-tech gadgets. I don't need no... One fucking meter! Shut up, Franklin. Turn that thing off. We are not surrounded by the monkey menace. Goddamn high-tech gadgets. I don't need no... What the... What's that? A diaper? It's on fire. Put it out. Put it out. Step on it, Pop. Yes, Sarge. What kind of enemy puts it hot feces in a diaper and then sets it on fire? Monkeys. I've seen it all before. In a dream. Where are they? Where are they? They're in the trees! <laughs> Holy shit! Ah! Die, monkeys! Die! Oh, Holy The monkeys got us with a surprise attack. We were surrounded and outnumbered. And if it hadn't been for the fast reaction of Miller, Delta Squad wouldn't be around to tell this story. The monkeys retreated back into the jungle and Delta Squad regrouped. That night at the camp, no one said anything. We all wanted revenge for what happened to Alpha Squad. Those were good men, cut down in their prime by the monkey menace. The Sarge told us to get some sleep and assured us that revenge would be ours in the morning. Tune in next week for another exciting episode of Adventures of the Anti-Monkey Brigade. So, Jeff, you uh, have expressed interest in doing a new bit on the show. Yeah, I've got something really uh, really simple and real quick that I've been uh, thinking about doing for a little while, um, All right. at least for oh, at least a good 45 minutes, um, and it's a segment that's <laughs> called the Trip Toy of the Week. So what I'm going to try to do is every week uh, bring the Monday's listeners something a little bit strange and surreal. Uh, maybe it'll be a website, maybe it'll be an actual object, a toy you can buy, a video game. Um, and this week what I've got is at shrinkster.com slash 7CU. And uh, what we have here is it's a flash game by a guy called analogic.com. And I'll just let you hit it yourself and take a look at it. Um, it's just, it, it sort of defies uh, description. It's something between Mist and H.R. Geiger. Uh, and it's, it's a toy and it's an art project, I guess. And you have to click around and sort of figure out what's going on. So you should probably hit that after you listen to the show and figure out what the hell is going on. That is the weirdest thing I've ever seen in my life. It's weird. It's surreal. And uh, you guys can check it out after the show. All right. uh, How many Quaaludes did you take when you were... Well, you see, this? yeah, what, what, you you know that you can't get Quaaludes in the United States anymore. So uh, no comment. (laughs) All right. I think you were sucking down some TiVo, though. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, how much TiVo did you have to do to get in this state of mind, man? Yeah, again, no comment. 
Is this a movie? Am I supposed to be able to interact with this thing? I'm you clicking can all over interact with it, with it, it just, and nothing seems to be. No, you can. You can f with it. It just takes you know, you it just, takes some creativity. You got to find the points though. Yeah, right? Or you it can just, just hold your on breath. Own. See, I what think I you guys are on drugs, man. Yeah, hold your breath for like thirty seconds and jump up and down and spin around in circles and then try it. You know, that's what I do with the whole show, man. That's my. That's, <laughs> that's how I go, man. It's nothing new. All right, well, that was interesting, Jeff. But now let's go over to Vancouver for Richard, the Toy Boy. Richard. Dude. What is up, my friend? What are you, you doing? You know what? I've had a weird week. I'm like up to my eyeballs in good toys. Good toys. Good toys. I mean, really good toys. All right. Well, I, mean, I, I don't normally start off this high, but I got to show you this toy because I am in awe. I'm staggered with this new toy. What is All it, right. man? Check out shrinkster.com slash seven season Charlie. X is an X-ray. All right. The company, Cord Electronics. Looks like a dishwasher. It's a high-resolution digital PC recorder. It runs Media Center. This thing is is PC. It's a PC. Hmm. 2.4 terabytes of drive space. Billy, that's play like DVDs, CDs, burn them. I can put like all my floppies on there, right? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> this is, you know, most people are making the cheapest HTPC they can do, right? True. These guys have gone for the most expensive they can do. Yeah. It looks Any about guesses? Right. Uh, $22,000. No, I would say more. $500. Is this the low $500 no, range? I'm going to find this in Walmart. $30,000. $28,000. Oh, I was close. And the matching amplifier is $18,000. But it is beautiful, isn't it? Hey, look at look at the uh, second picture down. It actually takes eight track tapes. Look at that. <laughs> how many channels does the amplifier have? Yeah, how many channels does the amplifier have? Oh, it's a it's a 7.1. Okay. It this better be, goddammit. No question, but all the best. And to go along with it, I have some matching components. These are not the components made by them, but another site oh, that I found that you, I just couldn't resist and I'm sorry, had to send you to. I'm sorry, Richard. I'm still looking at this one. I, you know what I think they did? I think they built a really f***ing cool case, and they're just waiting for an order to come in. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about That's what right. it is. It's just a really cool case. All right, no, sorry about that. No, please go. Go back. Now, to go along with your cord electronics stereo system... I'll take you to shrinkster.com slash seven season Charlie Y as in Yankee. The company stealth audio cables. Oh, not more crazy cables. Oh, you don't know the half of it. Do these go to 11? Now, I presume you're looking at the Indra cable right now. Yes. Yes. Scroll down and read the specifications on this cable past the awards down to the combination alloy, 50% gold, 50% silver. Wait, wait, wait. They give out awards the... for fucking cable? Yeah, they got one awards for cable. Of course, the award they won there is the most wanted component. Ah, uh, that's nothing to do with the best. That's right. Each wire individually serial numbered. Now, these are RCA cables, right? RCA cables, the things that are normally in the box right. comes with the thing. Yeah. Scroll further down. Notice that these things... Per meter, $5,750. Where? Pricing, about halfway down. Dealer inquiries all, welcome. Gee, I all, wonder all why. All I noticed oh is some God. underlined bolded text that says, go all the way onto the female. 
What? <laughs> you went past the you, price. Am I at the right site? <laughs> Maybe I'm somewhere else. Where's the price? So there you go. $5,000 patch cables. $5,000 a, what is it, per yard? A meter. A meter. So every three feet. Five grand. I Five don't grand. see that, man. You sure? I wouldn't say All I see is this up. page under construction real big at the front. The top yeah. of Yeah. All right. Well, okay. I believe I believe. Now, you. these guys are waiting to, to sell their first cable. Let me tell you. There you go. We only have we're to sell of, one. Yeah, we're out of cables. Uh, go to Radio Shack. Dude, we sell these. We'll be able to get, like, lots of TiVo. And now, <laughs> to go with our fine stereo system, I will take you to shrinkster.com slash seven season Charlie Z as in Zulu. HTFR.com. To HTFR.com and the exclusive VW Bug record player. Oh, my God. Oh, but wait, cool. this is more than you realize. This is actually a functioning device. It uses yes. a 9-volt battery. It's a VW Bug. The record sits still. This thing drives over the record <laughs> and plays it. Sweet. Thought, Round in circles, hey, gradually spiraling inward. That's I thought what the you were only doing about, good toys, man. I thought you were only doing good toys. These are you awesome. You can't tell me this is not a good toy. This it comes is good. in five colors. What the f- Carl. Oh, God, this is almost five worth it. Five colors. It says right on it a very rare and collectible item, not a toy. 125 <laughs> bucks. I don't know. This is. I dreamt of this when oh I was a God. kid. That one day we live in the future. That is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I know, man. It's awesome. And and when it gets to the end, it like turns around and goes backwards, playing satanic <laughs> messages. Right? Oh my God! There's a monkey on that record. There is a monkey, a monkey on the record. Hey, wait a minute. There is a monkey on that record. <laughs> what the f- monkeys? They're all over the place, man. What does it mean? What does it mean? All right. So you've got your perfect stereo, right? Okay. Uh, well, I've seen it. Yeah, let's see. I've just spent like $40,004.95 on all those things. <laughs> so now, a few items for your house. I'll lead off with shrinkster.com slash 7D0 Delta Zero. Ah, GE. To our guy, our friends at General Electric, Imagination at Work, and a device they call the Sophisticated Storage. So this is the monogram walk-in wine vault. Oh, wow. Oh, it's a room that you get installed into your house. Wow. And will hold 1,100 bottles of wine, perfectly temperature controlled, with a computer inventory system do they, attached Do to they it. ship UPS? I'm thinking no. <laughs> GE, this is what GE is working on, huh? I'd like to yeah. order a room. Ship it FedEx. The whole room. They're like the washer dryers, damn it. They're just not selling, man. Not good enough. Got to go up a couple of notches. Any guesses how much? Uh, how much? 50000 $30,000. Or for an extra five grand, they'll give you the tasting station as well. You know what would be cool? One day, Carl, we have to do this. We have to add up all the prices on the, for Richard's Toys and give that away as a prize. You know, <laughs> to our lucky listener. Okay, you've won $150,000. $50,000. $50,000. Can we do that to get listeners, Carl? <laughs> Can we do something like that? Yeah, you go ahead. Knock yourself out. Carl's like, okay, we got it. Now, remember, remember, Richard, everything's got to be under like $4, okay? <laughs> Keeps calling you up to remind you of that. One of the features of this, of course, being that the unit is self-contained, so you can take it with you when you relocate. I'd like to see it on wheels. No, it's a, it's a room. All right, let's move on. Yeah. More stuff for your house. 
Shrinkster.com slash 7 Delta 1. 71. 71. 7D1. Yes. Oh, this is nice. I like this. The website, Turn Your Head. What is it? It's a piece of wood that has been laid in the shape of your face. No. Yes. Custom made. So you give them a profile of your face and they'll carve out this sort of chalice thing, the shape of your face. Holy shit. So you can get drunk and hold it up to your face. That's crazy. <laughs> can you imagine one of these from the guy from Kiss who sticks his tongue out all the time? <laughs> <laughs> the one that keeps falling apart. What would that would look like? Check the submit section where they show you how to properly take a shot of your face. The right way and the wrong way. So the poor guy with all those double chins in the bottom right, man. He's like, <laughs> this is going to look good, right? Yeah, it makes it look interesting. I kind of... Sorry, man. I just want Elephant Boy to send in a photo <laughs> for this. I'll pay for it if you can give your face. Oh, man. The guy's like, uh, we're going to charge you extra in parts and material. It's like, it says on your side it's $149.95, goddammit. I'm Elephant Boy. Get it to me now. So take a look at the submit button, which actually is going to submit anything, but it gives you the information you really wanted to have, which is how they make them. Yeah, okay. And also that it's $150 for a piece of wood. <laughs> now, definitely this is a product that falls into the category of, all right, so you've got everything else. Why not have this? You know, I would love it if I could actually do one, you know, kind of like shaped like my ass. You know? <laughs> I would not. Get in the photo. Yes, I'm saying is I, let's, you know, the only problem is holding that piece of paper up just the right thing. Because if you don't hold that paper up and down right, it'll like they use it to figure out the right size, right actual size. And what if they distort my ass because I hold it up the wrong way? And my, <laughs> you know, I mean, how embarrassing would that be? Oh, let's hide the butt chalice. You know, your parents are coming over again. Hey, Mark, you know, there there actually is a website for that. It's uh, turnmybedonkadonk.com. So. <laughs> Whatever that means. Whatever okay. a badonkadonk is. Ask your son. He'll tell you. He'll know. All right, next. Moving on to back to my place, actually. My Neck of the Woods, a very cool product I'm actually thinking about buying. Shrinkster.com slash 7D is in Delta 2. The site called thisisit.ca, Vancouver, BC, and a product called World Clock. Yeah. So the whole idea behind this thing is it tells you the time in 81 cities at the same time, wow. which it ought to be able to do because it's about five feet across. Yow. But interesting little product, isn't it? It is if you're sort of time uh, crazy. That's a cool a little concept. time crazy. Remember, I you know work outside of North America a lot. Yeah. Now, if you're not time crazy, it's got a special little mode that will make you time crazy that tells you the simultaneous time in 81 cities worldwide audibly. <laughs> <laughs> in their native language. Right. Yeah. All at once simultaneously. 81 <laughs> channels of sound. All right. <laughs> hey, you know what? Before we go, I just want to notice this is cool. It actually spins around. The whole thing spins around once oh, yeah, it's 24 running hours. on a motor. Yeah. That's cool. To end off our home product line, take a look at shrinkster.com slash 7 delta 3. The site, Heat and Glow, where everything comes together. Now you're looking at it and thinking, Richard, why are you showing me a fireplace? 
because it's a hydrogen-powered fireplace. Ooh. Yes, that's right. You don't need to vent it because all it does is give off water. The way this thing works, actually oxygen, the way this thing works is you plug it into a 220-volt supply like a dryer plug, and you fill it up with water. It electrolyzes the hydrogen and oxygen apart and then burns it. Neat. It's a fireplace. Hydrogen-powered. Water-powered. 15000 bucks. Wow. You know, I wanted to I, – I invented this when I was like 13. I was like, how cool would it be, man, if I made this thing that was like a beaker full of water that did electrolysis and tubes came out of the top and it burned it? And then because, you know, the byproduct <laughs> is water and it went back down into the water, man, it would be an electric-powered, water-powered flame. Uh, I've seen his affidavit. He's not lying. There's his cooler. Well, yes. There's his design and an actual product. <laughs> Plus, like, if somebody broke into your house, you could use that thing as a weapon that both impaled and burned at the same time. <laughs> and splashed. Oh, you're right. Don't forget splashed. And if all, oh, else, if all else fails, you can electrocute the motherfucker. Yeah, electrocution, spla- splashing, and electrocution combined. Very powerful. That could spread. I'm just impressed that these guys have dug that deep to say, look, hydrogen economy inside the house. <laughs> Moving on back to my favorite area of computer toys, shrinkster.com slash seven delta four. This isn't one of those USB sushi keys, is it, man? No sushi keys, but it is USB. I always got to get some USB oh, in there. No. The company Zytel, the product, a Wi Fi finder combination USB Wi Fi adapter. Now, We've seen these before on the show. Wi-Fi oh, we've seen Wi-Fi adapters before, but this is also the adapter all in one. All right. So it, so you're looking at it something the yeah. size of your typical memory key, yeah, right? Yeah. So two inches long, wow. That's skinny. Cool. It's Wi-Fi cool. A, B, and G. Neat. Plus it has the Wi-Fi detector on the side of it. So Sweet. you pull it out of your pocket, push the button. If it lights up, stick it in your machine. Oh, it even has an LCD display that shows you the SSID and stuff, so you can see if it says Linksys or whatever. That's, right. That's pretty good. LCD display on the side of it. You'd go war driving with that thing. There you go. War driving? That didn't occur to me. <laughs> war laser on there? <laughs> yeah, really. Has it got a laser pointer right. and a lighter? We're gonna, Carl, we're going to have one of these on the uh, trip, right? On the road trip? Absolutely. All right, good. For sure. Phasers I- on stun! I think we need about like four or five of them in a in a parabolic <laughs> array. We'll be like, we'll set something up, Jeff Engineering, tweaking them the whole time. We got a single in San Jose. <laughs> We're gonna set up the roadkill cam on the on the RV. What do you think? Oh my god! Oh, definitely. We got to take pictures of every roadkill that goes by. That's right. Post it to a website. Does that, live. Do, is, is, do we? Have, should we put like both one in front and back so we can see like the last moment of hope? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and the a sudden realization of no hope. <laughs> yeah. But um but um. I guess we're gonna need one in the undercarriage, the splatter cam. Jesus Christ. <laughs> see the look of surprise on the gopher's face right before you run over him. <laughs> I can just see it now. It's like, uh, this is Carl Franklin. Uh we're we we have not managed any roadkill. Miller's taking over the vehicle. He's, we're off-roading right now. <laughs> He's looking for some something to kill. <laughs> He's chasing a mouse. We've been chasing this mouse for 45 minutes. <laughs> I don't know if the shock absorbers could take it much longer. Carl Franklin reporting. <laughs> All right, next toy. Moving on. More computer toys. Shrinkster.com slash 7 Delta 5. 75. 
to those fine folks at Logitech and their latest keyboard. Another product you can afford. A mere $80 has its own LCD display and a separate bank of keys that are macro programmable within the keyboard. You don't need software for this. For all your gaming. Check out the screenshot, man. Here on Logitech, Crazy, the screenshot is it? like, here, you can keep track of your bullets. I got 145 of those. The keys glow. Oh, There's nice. a brightness control in the keyboard so you can play in the dark. Yeah, is, All it, right. is the display? Uh, oh, it's backlit too. The display is backlit. That's nice. Yes. I told you I had a shortage of bad toys, right? Mm. Yeah. So let me end off with a couple of different bad toys. Actually, this one's a virtual buffet of bad toys, but they progress. That's what I like about this page. Shrinkster.com slash 7D6. 7 Delta 6. Lazy Bone UK. Lazy Bone. This is their edible section. Now, let's start at the top and work down with me on this. So, hot pepper sauce. Ah, okay, pretty straightforward. That stuff's good. I like that Cholula sauce. Red chili pistachio. So, pistachios with a little red chili powder on them. That's kind of nasty. Honey mustard pretzels. Mm -hmm. So, a little stronger, more spicy. Habanero popcorn. Mm, All right. Pepper so hot that you can't actually taste the popcorn. Reindeer pate. What? Made with real reindeer. Oh, that's gross, man. That is disgusting. Oh, no, no, wait. We're just getting started. Weasel coffee. Coffee beans that have been regurgitated by weasels. Oh, Especially trained picked weasels, up right? off the ground and made into coffee. That's f***ing gross. Can you imagine the training for that? <laughs> they're like, okay, here, we want you to eat this. And the weasel's like, oh, that's pretty good. I like that coffee. And they're like, now throw it up. They're shaking it and... Give it up. Give it back. Oh, my God. Peppermint lollipop. The ant lollipop. With added ants. There you go. How about the scorpion lollipop? Nice. Uh, click on the bigger picture. Look at the bigger picture for the ant. Ah, very nice. For the ant lolly. It's not much bigger, is it? No. The scorpion <laughs> lollipop <laughs> is bigger. But it's in a bigger window. Yeah, it's in a bigger window. That's, <laughs> that's nice. I like that. There you go. The scorpion lolly. Vodka flavored, but contains no alcohol. I thought vodka didn't taste like anything. It kind of tastes like alcohol. Worm crisps. There you go, because you needed a new kind of potato chip. <laughs> they're, they're bred especially to become barbecue flavored crisps. So the worms are like, <laughs> the worms are like, what? We're going to be what? <laughs> We're going to be what? <laughs> Little scientist is there. That's right. You're going to be. And I love the toffee insect bar right at the bottom there. Isn't that fabulous? Give that to your kids. Nice. Oh, and finally, they've got strawberry butterfly candy, and they say, don't worry, it's not a real butterfly. Oh, that'll fix everything. Just insect larvae. Yeah. And strawberry flavoring. To end off, I'd like to take you to a single product site because it deserves a website all its own. Shrinkster.com slash 7D7, 7 Delta 7. The website says it all. The domain name nails it. Oh, I love it. Liquid ass. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Liquid ass. Oh. Nothing you have ever seen or smelled. It's a unique Nasty odor. I'm so disappointed, Richard, Good because God. when I saw liquidass.com, I had such high hopes for this site. <laughs> I mean, the things I could do with liquidass.com, I can't tell you, man. And this guy's fucking wasted it on some smell, stinky smell thing. Some stinky stuff. Hey, check this, the suggested uses section. And there is a video there, but I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll let you guys watch it on your own. Look at the expression on that guy's face. That's a good expression. I like the catalog categories, liquid ass. Yeah. And that's it. 
<laughs> Guy got through one product and he was done. <laughs> keyword. Keyword. Hold on, I'm going to I'm going to type in keyword ass and what else? Maybe liquid. No, no, use the advanced search. See what I get here. <laughs> okay. Hmm. Oh my god. We're out of here. Yeah, thanks Richard. And uh, I'd like to thank everyone who's involved with Mondays this week. Richard Campbell in Vancouver. Mark Miller, you crazy <laughs> Jeff Maciola, getting a little less surly every day. Karen Greenwald, who had to cut out early. And I am, of course, Carl Franklin. Stay safe. Have a good week. And love each other, but get a room. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs>